Welcome to Workforce Water Cooler, presenting total talent solutions and insights impacting the labor market today. Brought to you by TRC. Welcome to Workforce Water Cooler, presented by TRC, the one-stop podcast for all your workforce questions and answers. Hi, I'm your host, Chuck. And on each episode, I'll be speaking with fellow experts in the staffing industry about the latest trends and forces impacting the labor market while providing you with firsthand insight based on the data that we see on a daily basis here at TRC. All right, let's jump in. We've all heard it, and many of you have probably experienced it. It's hard to find people. Nobody wants to work anymore. Yes, I'm talking about labor shortages. From the transportation industry to healthcare and everywhere in between, there are reports of dwindling talent pools across the country. But what's really going on? And what can the latest market trends and data tell us about the future outlook? Joining me now to talk all about this critical topic and some of the solutions that are available to our fellow industries is Travis Almey, the Chief Growth Officer at TRC Talent Solutions. Travis is a graduate of the University of Georgia, He received his Bachelor of Science in Consumer Economics. He has over 20 years of experience supporting a wide range of customers for both exempt and non-exempt staffing needs. He has strong expertise in the areas of contract and direct hire recruiting, employment selection, and performance management of contract employees. He learned the staffing industry from the ground up as a successful recruiter, account manager, and branch manager. Prior to TRC, Travis spent several years with large national staffing companies. Travis has spent 16 years with TRC and is proud to call TRC home. Welcome to the water cooler, Travis. Thanks a lot, Chuck. It's great to be here with you today. It's an exciting opportunity. Yeah, I'm super excited about talking to you. Obviously, the the podcast has been something we wanted to do for a while, and having you on as the first guest is uh, pretty cool. So, so thank you for doing this. Absolutely. So, Travis, before we jump into the topics, tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you originally from the Atlanta market? Yes, I am from Atlanta. I grew up here. I'm one of the few native Atlantans that has spent my entire life here. I grew up east of Atlanta and then I went to college at Georgia. And then I, um, I've i been here my whole life. Okay. And you've been in the staffing industry for over 20 years. I read in your bio that you started somewhere else other than TRC. How did you get into the staffing industry? That's a great question. And a lot of people end up in our industry by accident, Chuck. One thing that was maybe a little bit different about me, I was actually really intentional about wanting to go into the staffing industry. And so when I was in high school, I had a coach. He was a track coach and he was also my psychology teacher. And one of the things that he talked to us about was headhunters and how headhunters helped connect people to jobs and help connect companies to employees. And he told me how lucrative of a career choice that could be. And it really interested me in the, uh, in the opportunity. And about the same time, my dad was recruited away from the company that he was working for at the time and uh, took another position. So I had an early interest in the industry. And then when I was in college, I had a bunch of fraternity brothers that ended up going into the staffing and recruiting industry. And that's what really brought me into the industry. I had some friends that went and worked for a real large national company, and they they encouraged me to seek that out as a career field. And I've had a 25-year career in the industry and and really enjoy it. We get to help companies with their number one problem, and that's finding talent. And we also get to match great people up with great companies. So thoroughly enjoy it and I wouldn't do anything else. It's such a true statement that most people fall into our industry. You usually are looking for something else and give this recruiting thing a try. And then the next thing you know, you've been doing it for 30 years. But 
How did you get the TRC? I was working for two large national companies. When I graduated from college, I went and worked for a large national company. It was great. I learned a lot there, worked with some really good people. And then I worked for another national company. And really what changed for me, Chuck, is I came to the realization that some of the larger national companies, while they were great and they were nice places to work, felt like they had lost a little bit of focus on the customer. They were worried about their quarterly reports and shareholders than they were the customer themselves. And one of the things that really attracted me to TRC is we're a privately owned company and we provide a little bit more personalized service and the ability to really have influence not only of my career, but also really be able to put the customer first really is what attracted me to TRC. And that's really what keeps me here is, is along with the excellent people that get to do that with every day. Currently, you're the chief grow officer for TRC. What are your primary responsibilities for the company? My primary responsibilities at TRC is to help us grow. But the only way I'm able to do that is if I'm able to help my customers grow. And so that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but usually it's around people. So our goal at TRC is to help our clients grow their business and our employees build their future. And so that's really where I spend most of my time and most of my focus. And so I would say that you know, it's really about trying to find innovative ways to find people. And as I know we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, the labor market has changed significantly over the last 25 years. And the things that used to work are no longer working for employers. And so companies have to adapt and change and embrace changing growth and move towards a new way to recruit workforces or they're going to be left behind. Now, you mentioned that it's difficult right now. And as a chief growth officer, I'm sure you're more tuned into it than most, but it's hard to click on a news site or turn on the TV nowadays without hearing about one industry or another that is experiencing some form of labor shortage. But cutting through all of that, what are the numbers actually saying about the current market? What's interesting is right now, if you look at the uh, the unemployment rate in the United States, I believe the the last report, and I think we're in June right now, so when this report came out, it was in May, I think our unemployment rate as a country was 3.9%, which is probably about the lowest it's been since World War II. So we're experiencing record low unemployment rates, and that is absolutely true. But again, you're hearing in the news about companies cutting jobs and laying people off. And I think there are some instances of that. But one of the things that's happening is that those people that are getting cut is they're picking up new jobs really relatively quickly. And so there's still a healthy demand for employees. It's very sector-based right now, I would say. Some industries are a little bit slower and demand is subsided a good deal. And then there's other industries that are really busy and, and really picking up a lot. But it really tends to be sector-based, Chuck, on, on where most of the hiring is going on right now. One of the other things that's really happening when you speak of the numbers is, is labor force participation is really down. Typically in this country, our, our labor force participation rate is around 67%. And right now, we're still at about 62, 63%. And so there's still a lot of people that haven't rejoined the workforce even since COVID. And there's a whole host of reasons for that. But we're still having a hard time in this country getting people to come back to work. You mentioned different verticals, different industries, different sectors, and there can be a variety of factors that actually contribute to any workforce issue. But generally speaking, what factors are you seeing that are mostly impacting the labor market right now? Is it mostly COVID or is there some other lingering issues that we're dealing with? There's certainly some hangover for COVID, but I would say the number one issue that people do not think about that's impacting the labor market right now and employment market is the demographic shifts that are going on and they are substantial. And one of the things that I would point out, Chuck, and this is an interesting statistic that I got from the U.S. Census Bureau, and it's, it's almost hard to believe, but 
1975, in the mid-70s, we were adding about two and a half million new workers to our workforce every single year. By the 1990s, that number had dropped to 1.5 million. Uh, in 2015, we were down to 750,000. And next year, the United States will add 200,000 new workers to the workforce. So we've gone to a, from a situation where we're adding two and a half million workers to the workforce every year to 200,000. And really what's driving that is demographics. And it's primarily caused because we have not had enough children in this country and our immigration policies have changed significantly. And if you go back a, even a, a couple generations ago, on average, people were having, I think it's the number is 3.7 kids. That was the baby boomers average 3.7 children uh, for each each baby boomer. And now we're down to less than two. So we don't not replacing our population. And so a lot of time people say to me, hey, well, the population is still growing. Why are we having these problems? And that, that's true. But the population is growing not because we're having more children, but because people are living longer. We've extended the average life expectancy of our population. And so we're becoming an aging workforce. And just in the last two years, our average worker age has increased by almost four years, which is unbelievable. And we're going to see more and more of an aging workforce as, as we go on. And adding to the demographics, I think that one thing that's been happening is baby boomers have moved into retirement. That's happening every single day. And during COVID, it was accelerated. And I would also say that we're starting to see a little bit more of that again. The stock market, you know, is a big indicator of that. And when the stock market does well, more people retire because they have, they feel like they have more of a cushion. And so people will take advantage of that. And so that's going to be something that we deal with in this country. And, and along with the demographics, I would also talk a little bit about immigration. And we really have had several years now in this country where we haven't had a ton of immigration. It's it started picking up a little bit more within the last probably two years. But during the Trump administration, we did limit the amount of immigration that was going on in this country. And we also started limiting immigration. Once COVID happened, people weren't migrating from country to country. And so our country very much depends on immigration for its workforce. And we need to continue to uh, attract those people. And that is one of the advantages of being in the U.S. is that uh, we can recruit workers to come work here from other parts of the globe. It's interesting the point that you made about being under the replacement rate for over 50 years. I think one of the things that we as an industry have to get used to is that the the challenges that we're facing today are, are not going to go away. This is kind of the new norm, which you and I've talked about is going back to the the old norm. What do you think about that? Do you feel like what we're experiencing now in the staffing industry is more like what we were experiencing in 2016, 2017, even 18 uh, versus 2021 and 23? And do you think that the industry is going to be able to adjust back? There are some similarities, Chuck. And before COVID happened, we were already at the lowest uh, unemployment rate in this country for, you know, since World War II. And then when COVID happened, all of a sudden we went up to the highest unemployment rate since the Great Depression, and then it went right back down again. And so we we kind of gone full circle here. But what I would say, there's there's some notable differences, and I think some COVID's changed some things that are impacting the workforce right now. I, I think a couple things. I think, number one, I think remote work has really kind of tossed a curveball on a lot of this stuff because all of a sudden now employers are having a difficult time getting people back to the offices. A lot of them want to encourage people to come back to the office because it's good for the culture. It's also very good for the employees. It's good for their career. That's how people learn and grow and develop. It's very difficult to learn and grow and develop on a Zoom call versus working with someone 
on a daily basis. So I think that's been a real challenge. I think the childcare responsibilities, that's been an issue of getting people back into the office as well. I think it's going to be a big challenge for years to come as, as far as how we look at getting folks back into the office. With that being said, it's, it's kind of an open book test. If we know these are the challenges that we're going to be facing, what are some of the innovative solutions that are going to be offered by employers? What are some of the trends that you're seeing that are going to help our clients and even ourselves overcome the challenges that uh, we're currently facing? Number one, I would say all employees are uh, interested in having a brighter future. So if you're going to be an employer in this marketplace and you want to attract talent, you need to find a way to encourage people and get people excited about working for your company. There needs to be more to it than just a job. People don't just apply to jobs anymore. People want to be recruited. People want to be pursued. And you have to find a way to attract them to your organization. There's a lot of different ways we could talk about to do that. I think one thing that's very important is I think middle management is extremely important in doing this. They have a role to play in the recruiting process. And ultimately, we've all heard this before, that people leave a job because they don't like the boss they work for. But also that boss helps attract them into the organization to begin with. And so people want to work for a manager that's going to add value to them, not just extract value and and make them more valuable for either the job that they're in or, or a job for the future. So I think that dynamic has changed a little bit over the years and, and people have a lot of options. And so they can be particular about where they want to work. So I think that companies need to find a way to stand out and differentiate themselves in the employment market. Have you found that the candidate these days cares about different things than they used to? So when we're, we're going out into the market, obviously you have the factors that impact recruiting, the barriers to entry for any job, pay, environment, all that good stuff. But I've noticed, and curious as to if you agree, that a lot of the employees are starting to care more about things like, well, what's my benefits package going to be like, even on the contract level? Any insight on that? Yeah, I think that's true. We started seeing this a couple of years ago, and and I will say this, there's still a, a lot of demand for flexibility. That's probably the number one request that we get. Before COVID, you know, the number one interview question would be like, tell me about your culture and tell me about what it's, the experience is like of working here. And uh, that's changed a lot. That's changed since COVID. And now the number one question is, tell me what kind of flexibility policy you have. Do you allow remote work or do you allow uh, me to work uh, part-time hours or do you allow me to work when I choose to work or can I work hybrid? Those are the things that employees are asking for nowadays. I think the other thing that has come up is people want to care about, people very much care about the company they're working for and they want to, they're, they're interested in money. That's changed a lot. I think inflation is driving a lot of those things. Now, inflation has been coming down really for the past several months since the Federal Reserve has started raising rates. But what I would say is there's still that element of inflation and and companies, people do care about income. The other thing that I would say that, you know, employees are asking us for is, you know, especially in large cities, commute is still a major factor. And as companies have brought more and more people back to the office, the next best thing working remote is working close to your home. Started noticing a little bit of a trend of people asking to, to see if they can work a little bit closer to home. So those are the three big things that I would say that I'm seeing right now is there's still a lot of demand for flexibility. I think there's still a lot of demand for um, people are, are still really pushing hard on, on wage increases. And then finally, I think commute is, is making a difference too. People want to work closer to home. Technology obviously has a role to play in this. And it's fair to say that we live in an era of great technological advancement. One only has to talk about all of the AI products that are out there to know that. What impact do you feel like 
AI has had on the labor market thus far, and how do you see it affecting the workforce in the future? That's a great question. It's kind of a loaded question. And there was an article last week that I read, and it was an article on Business Insider, and it was talking about McDonald's and a lot of the fast food restaurants have started moving towards more of an automated process for a lot of their recruiting and attracting talent. And one of the challenges that they're having right now, Chuck, is they haven't really been able to get the technology to work. And so it's creating a bad experience for the candidates. One of the things we're actually been on our own journey with AI and with technology and trying to uh, move in that direction. It's very important for number one, the technology to work right, but you also have to have the human factor. So the AI is very important and it creates a great experience for our candidates. And there's a couple of reasons why it works well. Number one, candidates can engage with a uh, recruiter 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so they can engage at their convenience. So that's number one. The second thing is, is with AI, we're able to schedule interviews right away. So if someone engages with our chat bot, pro, we have a proactive chat bot that reaches out to candidates. They can schedule an interview right away just by going through a couple of screening questions and, and get scheduled for that interview right away without having to go through a long interview cycle. So that those two things have in, made it a better candidate process. But I would say that there's also some things that if you're not careful, I think there's there's things that can hinder the candidate process. And that's really if the technology doesn't work right, or if there's not a human on the other end and people still want to talk to a person about the job, technology hasn't perfected that yet because recruiting is very much, I believe, a sales profession and you have to persuade and convince and talk to candidates about the job and get them excited. And, and right now, technology is not able to capture those it's not able to communicate those emotions that people feel when they when they take a new job or they go work for a new company. And a human being is much more equipped to do that. So I think you kind of have to have both of those working together. Well, Travis, listen, this has been a, a great discussion. Obviously, you and I get to talk a lot, but sitting down and, and being able to talk about this in, in this format has been pretty cool. And before we wrap it up, there is a final question I want to ask pretty much everyone we talk to on this podcast. What is the best advice you've ever given or been given in your career as a staffing profession? Oh, wow. That's a great question, Chuck. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've been really fortunate to work around with some good, really good people over the years. And I've had a lot of really good advice and have learned a lot from that advice. I would say for me, I think that, I think do the right thing. That's a fundamental here at TRC. That's one of our core values at TRC. And for me, I, I think if you do the right thing, I think things work out over the long term. I truly believe in what we do. I think that our industry and human resources and placing people into jobs is probably one of the most noblest professions that's out there. Because when we place people in a job, it, it's how they provide for their families. It's how they put food on their table. It's how they make their car payments. It's how they make their mortgage payments. And it's also solving a very big problem for businesses. Because if you talk to CEOs and you talk to leaders of companies, the number one problem they all experience is with talent. Either they don't have the right talent, they need to hire more talent, they have issues with the talent that they do have. I think we're solving a really big problem and it's really fun to make those matches. And to me, it's always about doing the right thing for our clients and it's about doing the right thing for the employees because not every employee is the right fit for every single job and not every client is right for every single candidate. So we have to make sure we make a match and it's it can be a difficult business that way because we have to make a lot of different connections. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a very rewarding industry. And my, I personally believe that if you just do the right thing and treat people right, that over the long term, things will work out for you. Well said, Travis. 
and I couldn't agree more. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. I hope to have you back on the podcast in the future. Absolutely. Would love to, Chuck. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. I want to say a big thank you to Travis Almy for joining me on the show today and talking about the current state of the labor market and so much more. I'd also like to thank all of you for joining us. And if you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to subscribe so you never miss another episode. And for more information on any of the innovative workforce solutions you heard about here, visit trcstaffing.com for all the latest. Until next time, I'm Chuck, and this has been the Workforce Water Cooler presented by TRC. TRC.